Up Podcast. This is Matt Chalava. You're listening to the Road Freedom Pod. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Matt Chalava. And it is Thursday. So we have one more day left this week with the weekdays. And then we got Saturday. And we do have, I believe, a couple releases coming up. I think tomorrow we have one of the better dunk releases that we'll have to close out the year with the Nike Dunk High Ambush collab. So those will be doing pretty well, and Ambush actually did a collab with the NBA as well, so there are going to be some future things with Ambush, which I don't really know too much about. I may have to look into a little bit. To, it's kind of a good thing to do to look into some of these people that Nike collabs with whenever they do one. And kind of looking at that, the reason I like to do that is because it gives me a good feel for the market. Let's say Nike goes and does a collab with someone who, someone like Taylor Swift. You know Taylor Swift has a huge following, but if you had just crawled out from under a hole somewhere and not known who Taylor Swift was, and you just saw Nike was doing a collab, and the only thing that you knew is that Nike does collabs and they sell shoes, but you don't know who Taylor Swift is, you don't really know how to gauge how much that shoe will be desirable, what the, what the correct market for the shoe will be should you get it. And so, which by the way, that would be, that would be a crazy, crazy shoe. I think that, that would resell really well. But um, I don't know too much about Ambush, so I am going to look into it because that could sometimes help you understand what the market is going to be for a shoe, kind of understand what the demand will be and, and how difficult it will be to actually cop it. Because comparatively, some dunks are more difficult to get than others. It's all very difficult when you're using the sneakers app from time to time. I see a lot of people d- kind of distressing and, and talking about the sneakers app in non-positive ways on social media because it is very difficult to hit on there. I think that there's a lot of factors at play. I think that Nike, you would have to imagine Nike is doing something behind the scenes to ensure that people that are collectors are hitting most often or they're trying to negate people that are trying to buy them only for resale. It wouldn't be that hard for them to figure that out either. I just don't know if they have the capacity to do that. I would imagine they do since they're Nike. But just think about it. I mean, if you only go for shoes that are high-end collabs or or better reselling shoes. I mean, you could just compare what the current StockX price of a shoe is compared to its retail and then the people that go for over a certain percentage resale. So let's say like a shoe, any shoe that sells for 150% over what it's actually valued at, those people, and that's all they go for, Nike would easily be able to roll out those people. But I don't believe they do that that exact way. I just, I, I think that they have some sort of methods in place for, okay, this person's a very loyal Nike customer. And you see this, you see people that do really well, that go to the outlets a lot. They typically hit better on sneakers because they just have a lot of purchase history. It links all your purchases up. They always ask you when you're checking out, Hey, do you have an email that you're associated with, with the outlets? And then from those emails, okay, fine. You know, you give them your email and then you look on the Nike app and it'll show all the purchases that you've ever made through Nike. And that's really interesting because you can see all these shoes that you've bought and stuff. And so these people that do outlets where they do a high amount of purchasing the outlets and they flip on StockX, Goat, eBay, they often do better on sneakers because they have a lot more purchase history with Nike. Nike sees them buying a lot. They, they probably think that they are a very loyal customer or they just want to treat them well. And so they give them the, the kind of benefit of the doubt and allow them to buy the shoes. And so that's kind of an added bonus of being a sneaker reseller when you're doing the outlets. That's not always the case, but I do see it a lot that people that buy a lot more from Nike typically do a little bit better. So not saying to go do that, but I am saying, I don't know, maybe if you see a cheap pair of shoes that you can flip that may make you only 10 bucks or something maybe worth picking up because then you could flip those and then have a little bit more purchase history with Nike and stuff and may lead them to give you a better chance at getting a pair of sneakers off the sneakers app. I don't know. But 
What I do know is that the Ambush shoes will do pretty well. They are a little bit weird. The Nike swoosh sticks off the back of the shoe a little bit, so it is a little bit of a different looking shoe. But overall, Dunks have been pretty good this year. I've seen the prices drop a little bit, which is weird. Uh, the Dunks that I got yesterday, I got two pairs of them, and both of them aren't reselling crazy high. They'll, they'll make a little bit of money, but nothing outside of, I don't know, probably 40, 50 bucks a pair, which is a little bit odd, but that is what we're trending towards. And they're yellow. Yellow is not really a good shoe color. I don't, in my opinion, it doesn't do that well. Whenever I see a yellow shoe release, it's not really something that a lot of people really want to wear, but it is a dunk. So you would think that maybe it have a little bit more resale than it does. So I don't know. I'm going to sell both of those pairs, get them out, and then just keep things moving. Keep flipping capital keep just you know working capital switching it out with items and then hopefully getting those things flipped very very quickly that's kind of the model that i'm on right now there are lots of different things that i'll do with reselling where i will take time for certain items that don't take up a lot of space or have the the very very profitable outcome of just holding them if you're able to hold an item and it's able to appreciate two three four x that's definitely a very profitable outcome especially when the item costs 100 or 200 bucks but if it's not really going to go up that much i try and sell it as fast as possible to get the money back get some profit out of it and then just keep things moving and find those bigger flips so that's what i'm focused on right now i do have a lot of shoes that i've been holding so i'm going to liquidate some of the ones that i haven't really seen appreciate all that much and i've talked about that before then when that's done, I will be able to hopefully look and start looking for more things to invest in, whether that be stocks, whether that be uh, other flips that come along and stuff. So we'll see. We'll see where things end up going. But for right now, that's just kind of my current game plan. But what I have been looking at a little bit is um, just kind of different trends and stuff that you see for around Q4 time and, and different things like that. And so I've been doing a lot of research into product listings and i think that there is something i don't really know i'm trying to narrow it down but there is something with ebay that completely drives a product listing and i want to cover this again because i've talked about it several times but i think it's very important to have a refresher because every time when when i'm kind of doing poorly with a listing where i I, i'm listing and things aren't getting tons of views that i would like to see i may only get 20 views a day or something which if you're starting out maybe that's all you're getting i don't know Uh, especially if you're doing thrift store or garage sale items that may be all you're getting but if you have very high in demand items that's not very good i mean i've i've listed things before where i mean last night i listed a couple items that i think by the end of the night i listed them at like nine o'clock and by the end of like the night at midnight they had a thousand views so it's something where there's definitely there's definitely something driving that algorithm to say okay this listing looks like a very very good listing to show a lot of people and then what do we do so I want to cover that real quick because it is very important that I think that everybody kind of gets a refresher on this during the heart of Q4 and it is something that's always changing in my mind whether or not I should be doing one thing or doing the other thing but kind of what I've settled on is for myself I like to list items doing the the title as one of the most important things and then kind of catty corner with that is is the item specifics and using an item listing that is in ebay's database and what i mean by that is if you've ever entered a upc code in for a listing and it brings up oh we have this here and you want us to pre-fill all this automatically do that that is a hundred percent a great idea the reason for that is ebay has a rating system that they do which you can see it's out of five stars kind of like amazon and for whatever reason i've noticed that whenever i list items using the pre-filled product descriptions and stuff like that 
not the pre-throw descriptions, but like they'll, they'll give you all the item specifics and they'll give you some more information than you would just normally have if you just had a regular listing. That kind of stuff always gets more views than, than, than any other thing. And I don't know why. I feel like the eBay pushes it up to the top of the algorithm a little bit more than just regular product listings that don't have a UPC code and don't have the the other sorts of reviews going back to that product. And it would make sense that they do that. They want their customers to buy things that they're happy with. So finding an item listing with reviews would probably be more beneficial to a customer because they would at least be able to see what people are saying about it. So I believe that for one reason, but I also believe the customers feel a little bit more comfortable with it. I don't know why. I just think that it looks more official in my mind whenever I'm looking for something to buy. And I've been doing this a lot on eBay because I bought a few things on eBay for Christmas presents. One of the things is me and my cousins do a used NFL jersey swap every year, which is kind of cool. What we do is we find, I don't know how we got started on it, but I think one of us suggested it one year and it's become just find an NFL player that has changed teams and either drastically underperformed or just like you didn't know that he played for that team, just something weird, like a weird NFL jersey. So in the past, we've had like the Khalil Mack Bears jersey because he switched teams from them, uh, but it was like a military jersey. That was a really, really cool one that they did. And then we had like we're all Steeler fans, so they did like a James Farrier Dolphins jersey because James Ferrier, I think. No, no, no. Joey Porter. Joey Porter Dolphins jersey. He went and played for the Dolphins after the Steelers won the Super Bowl back in 05. Just a lot of like really old, like nostalgic jerseys to us, basically. And, and things that we forgot that we remembered, like uh, just, just random things or players that we had in our fantasy football leagues and stuff. Just fun stuff like that. So every year we buy them on eBay. We keep it around 20 bucks. And it's very, uh, very interesting to see which ones I gravitate towards. And I try and keep, I, I honestly try and think about it a little bit because. It's something that's helpful to, to me to realize how I'm trying to buy. And I'm not your typical eBay buyer because I know that you can filter by different things. I know that you can do a, a few different search things and look at different sold comps and stuff like that to get a better idea. But for the most part, you're pretty much doing a similar thing to what anybody would do, do on eBay. And I realize that I look a lot more at the ones that have little star rating there. So now jerseys don't have that because they're football jerseys, but things that are very common things that are new in box that like an instapot that would have a, a rating for each different model i would imagine would be associated with the upc code and then as they build more uh, people buy more obviously the the thing would probably get rated more because just the the amount of buyers would go up so obviously the ratings would probably go up too because people would rate the item according to the the way that they feel about it so maybe not the ratings would go up but the number of ratings for that item would go up so what i'm saying about that is that kind of stuff looks more official. It just looks better to me. It looks more like Amazon. And I think the eBay, eBay wants to be able to provide that kind of customer service to their customers. And so for that reason, I think that doing in, uh, putting the UPC code is essential whenever you're trying to get the most views on an item because it just, it just seems to bump it up a little bit higher in the search algorithm, especially if it's a UPC code where people have went back to that item and left a rating on the item itself. So that's important and then the item title to me is is just critical because it really drives the the demand for the product and how much you're going to be able to bump yourself up in the algorithm now what i typically do is i do the brand name and then i follow that by exactly what the item is so if i was listening to instapot it'd be instapot well, i guess that's not maybe a good example so a pair of nike shoes uh the nike lebron sevens in a size 13 and their colorway and the the model number would look something like this so i would say nike lebron seven and then i would put the size 
men's size eight. And then I would put after that the exact colors. So I try and put the colorway in. So like, I don't know if you, if, if it's a purple and yellow colorway for the Lakers, you would say purple, yellow, and maybe even throw in Lakers. And then I put the model product number. So it's a nine digit code on the inside of the tag of every Nike shoe. So I'd put that in and whatever that is, I'd put that there. Then I always put new. And then if I can fit it after new, I usually put free ship. And that's what I do because free shipping, I always offer free shipping on stuff like that. I just see sneakers sell a lot quicker when I do it. And I'm in, I'm selling sneakers for, for speed, unless it's an investment sneaker, but I'm not selling sneakers to try and maximize profit. I'm selling them to get a quick flip out of them. So that's typically what I'll do. And I'll list them with free shipping to get my money back faster on those. So that's my item title. Once I have that done, and once I have my the item UPC in that brings up all the the generated like pre-generated product description and item specifics and stuff like that I'll make sure and put my pictures in and I've been trying to debate how to do these a little bit better because I was looking through some uh, PlayStation listings last night trying to see okay there's literally like tens of thousands of these things on eBay right now what is the deal why are some of these selling for $1,400 and why are some of them selling for 900 bucks what is the difference what what dif- differentiates those and the biggest thing to me out of everything there was the photos. I, I don't know the photos and the item having that UPC code in that brought up all the generated pre-generated item specifics from eBay. I don't know why. I don't know why that seems to affect it, but I was looking through them and I saw one selling for significantly higher. And when I would click on them up in the top on desktop, it tells you how many people are viewing per hour. It would be like 10, 20, 30 for just like the regular listings. I clicked on a couple with fantastic pictures. They looked absolutely incredible. It looked like somebody with like a professional photography studio set it up in their living room and took a picture of it. And it had 224 views in an hour. And I was like, okay, well, one, either this person is promoting it like crazy and they are just trying to get as many views on it per hour. But two, it had sold for well over market price. It sold two in the last 24 hours. And it's crazy because I don't really know why it was doing that other than the fact that the pictures really popped out on the page and the fact that the listing was as detailed as possible. It had pre-generated item specifics. It had the description in it. It had the, the person selling even put in their own item specifics, not like the, the custom ones, but after the pre-generated ones, I think it takes some of them out of the listing. So you can't edit them because they're already, they already know, eBay already knows what the item is and stuff like that. But there are other ones you can fill in. And I think the person even went above and beyond and filled in those as well. And for me to save time, I typically don't fill in those if I can already find the item on eBay and put in the correct UPC and it brings up all the information automatically because it saves me time and I just don't see that big of a difference. But I'm starting to rethink that because what I'm seeing on eBay is people listing these PlayStations and really starting to get a lot more views and getting a lot more sold just with doing the things that eBay recommends. Good title great pictures and filling out the item specifics. And and that's something I'm going to take the time to do tonight. I'm going to try that with some listings that I'm doing because I've been doing a lot of testing with this seeing okay, what's what's the differentiator? Is it the pictures? Is it the listing? Is it the listing itself? Is there something just about the the combination of the title, the description and the correct item specifics with these pictures that eBay favors? And then I'll try it. I'll try I'll try using that exact listing with uh, with the correct title and the same item specifics and all that and just not edit anything with it. And I'll try listing that. Does that work? Well, okay, maybe this one doesn't work. Well, maybe I'll try it with with uh, separate pictures over that I took over here and try if, if this different set of pictures works. Or maybe I'll try 
editing the title a little bit to, to fit more like my style of writing a title and see what I like for that and see if maybe that sells the item. I don't know. And so that's what I've been trying back and forth. And what I'm seeing is it's just these ones that are getting a ton of views, which is what you want. You want your items to get views. You want to be able to do what eBay recommends. Good title, great pictures, and great item specifics. And once you do that, you should be in a prime position to sell whatever you're selling, or at least have the best shot at selling it because it should be near the top of the search results. So hopefully that could be something that you can use. Everything outside of those sorts of things, I'm not too concerned with. Free shipping obviously uh, is, is favored by eBay because they just really, they really like that. It's a better customer experience that way. That makes sense. Free returns, another thing that's a really big boost. Um, for some items, I don't do free returns. I do free returns for probably 90 eight percent of every item like 98 percent of items there's just a couple that i don't want to have to deal with even free returns on because it just would cost me a lot of money to have to send the item back and stuff so i haven't been doing that for a couple items that i'm selling but most items i do free returns it really bumps up the item in the algorithm and then if you really want to get cute with it you can promote the item at one percent i really wouldn't go over that i've tried promoting it like the 4.2 the five percent that it recommends it doesn't really make a difference. What makes the biggest difference is the things that eBay tells you to do. And then if you want to promote it at 1%, you will see a decent spike. But after that, I just don't really see any benefit to it. It really doesn't seem like it's doing anything. And so it, why cost yourself more money than it's worth? The 1% is good enough. It doesn't really do anything uh, when you go over that. So I would just try and keep it at that if you really want to promote. If you don't need to promote, then don't promote. You don't, you don't need to promote something if it's going to sell already. And why cost yourself more money? So that's kind of my thoughts on it. That's what I've been working with this Q4. I've been able to sell a couple of each item every night whenever I'm listing them up, which is good. There's extremely solid demand for the items that I'm listing right now too, but just trying to see what's which ones are doing better and which ones are typically trending better. That's kind of my focus right now. When I get out of Q4, I want to have a better idea of what I need to do for eBay to make sure my items do sell as quickly as possible for the maximum amount that I can get. So that's what I'm doing right now. I will keep you guys in the loop with what I find out. But for now, I'm just going to let you guys get back to whatever you're doing. You guys have a great rest of your Thursday, and I'll get with you tomorrow with another podcast. Have a good one. Peace.